Welcome to Exit 43, the podcast where we take a deep dive into things you probably don't know about. My name is Jordan Fenster, and because I'm a science fiction nerd, I'll begin the episode like this. In the 1997 film Gattaca, the main character, played by Ethan Hawke, says there's no gene for fate. But that's just science fiction. If Hidden within the human genetic structure is the code for fate, or truth, or love. Dr. Brenton Gravely might be the one to find it, and tell us all how it actually works. Sure, my name is Brenton Gravely. I just go with Brent. Um, I'm a professor um, and chair of the Department of Genetics and Genome Sciences at the Yukon Health Center in Farmington, Connecticut. I'm also the associate director for the Yukon Institute for Systems Genomics. Back in 1993, two years ahead of schedule and four years before Gattaca was released, the Human Genome Project finished its work, mapping out the complete human genome sequence. It was not a small task. The human genome is described by letters, A's, C's, G's, and T's, billions and billions of them. The the original Human Genome Project was even less about finding all the genes. It was more about just determining the sequence of the letters. So the human genome has about 3 billion letters in it. And so the goal of the Human Genome Project was really to figure out the order and sequence of those 3 billion letters. But as Gravely explained, a dictionary doesn't tell you how to structure a sentence. You may know the words, but you still don't know how to put them together. He's one of about 500 scientists around the world taking the next step. It's called Project ENCODE. That's sort of like the software program. Uh, So it was essentially figuring out what the software program was. And now ENCODE is actually, the goal of that is to actually figure out how to interpret that software program. Just having the, the letters on a piece of paper doesn't necessarily tell you what they do. So we have to figure out, you know, like in computer code, you know, or even just like in a Word document for a news story, for instance, you know, if you don't know what a period was, you wouldn't really know why it was there in the middle of a sentence and why the spaces were there. And, you know, sometimes a word might be contained on a single line and other times it might be have a little hyphen in it and put on two different lines. So the code project is really figuring out sort of what the grammar is of the genome. ENCODE takes the work that was done by the Human Genome Project and makes practical applications possible. It means that you could, theoretically, not just identify the gene that causes congenital illness, for example, but understand why and how that gene causes the illness that it does. Yes, exactly. So then you could learn to write a sentence and you could also then then go to the sort of the medical point where you want to figure out how the genome might cause a particular disease. You might, for instance, if you had two copies of the genomes for two people, be able to figure out, identify the one letter that is misspelled in that person. But if you don't know what the word means that that letter is in, you wouldn't know why that particular misspelling causes a disease. So uh, from a lot of the work from ENCODE, you know, if we, if we see a particular misspelling in a patient with a disease, not only can we say, well, it's causing disease X, but we think we know how it's causing that disease because we know what that word in that sentence does that's misspelled. Okay, get that? I hope so, because it's about to get a little more complicated. Gravely's work 
specifically, is with the RNA binding proteins. I think it's best if I let him explain it, but don't worry. We'll take it slowly. I know I had to. So um, almost everybody's familiar with DNA being the genetic code, um, which is the, you know, the double helix. And that is basically the instruction manual for the genome and how to build whatever organism it is, in our case, humans. That's simple enough, right? DNA is the instruction manual, like what you get when you buy furniture from Ikea. But it's RNA that actually uses the Allen wrench and builds you a human. But in order for that code to be actually converted into a human, one of the first things that happens has to happen is the sections that are uh, genes have to be converted from DNA into RNA. So you basically make a duplicate copy of that section of the genome into RNA, which is a related molecule to DNA. And then that is what actually then goes and carries out the instructions of the genome. The binding proteins, though, are the tools themselves. There are proteins within the cell that bind to that RNA, and they bind to specific sequences within that RNA, and they either uh, cause it to be degraded, or they might uh, cause it to be, you know, in the case of a neuron, which has sort of a long projection, it might take the RNA from one part of the cell to another part of the cell. And so these proteins that bind to the RNA do a lot of the work and uh, carry out the instructions of these RNA molecules. It's not a small job. The human genome encodes, you know, somewhere between 20 and 30,000 genes. Uh, we think that about 1,500 of them encode what we call these RNA binding proteins. So these are the proteins that bind to RNA and do things. And really only a small handful of these proteins has been studied to date. So uh, what our group did is we we characterized about 350 of these proteins in the human genome. So we still have a long way to go. Simple, right? I hope you're taking notes because there may be a quiz after this short break. Exit 43 is a production of Hearst, Connecticut Media. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing to our newspapers by visiting ctinsider.com. Find more episodes of Exit 43 on our website or wherever you go for podcasts, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Okay, so let's continue our little science class. Gravely's work, as he explains, is identifying which part of the human genome those proteins actually bind to. We did several different things. So one of them is we performed some experiments to find out for each protein that we studied which RNA molecules in a cell it binds to, but also, you know, if a RNA molecule is, say, a thousand letters long, uh, where within that RNA it binds to. It's the location that they bind to makes a difference. Um, and we also then characterize the sequences that these proteins uh, would bind to within the RNA. So not just not just the location, but you know, is it does it bind to a GATC or a CAGT, for instance? But that's not all. He's also trying to define for the first time how those binding proteins do whatever it is they do. His research gets us a little bit closer to understanding how congenital illness works. The practical applications are highlighted, he said, in his research. We actually highlight, you know, little examples of these things where we can uh, now look at the sequence of a patient uh, that has a particular disease. And then we can, by just looking at that letter change in the genome, we can now look at our data and say, okay, well, this is, turns out that this letter change 
overlaps a binding site for this one particular RNA binding protein. And we know from our other experiments, if we uh, knock out that particular protein, the splicing of that gene changes. And so you can go immediately just by looking at this data from not only do you know that this particular mutation causes disease, but we think it does so by disrupting the binding of this one protein, which changes the splicing of the gene that it binds to. And that can have an effect on the, the protein encoded by that particular gene. So we can now go from not just, you know, what what disease, what mutation is causing disease, but how molecularly might it be doing that? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic, I had to ask if this work has any impact on how we might manage COVID-19. The answer was not really, but sort of in an indirect way. Yeah, so these would not have any real impact on understanding COVID. Although, ironically, COVID turns out to be an RNA virus. And so this, the coronavirus will infect human cells and the proteins within the human cells will then bind to these RNAs. So even though this particular study didn't characterize which proteins bind to coronavirus, now that we know the sequences that these proteins can bind to, you can now make some hypotheses that at this particular place in the coronavirus genome, which is, you know, GGATCC or something, we now think that there's a likelihood that protein X might bind to that part of the genome. So researchers could then use this data to generate hypotheses about which human proteins interact with the coronavirus uh, RNA. Finally, because I am a science fiction nerd, I had to ask if all this meant Gattaca was a step closer to being reality. If we could look forward to a future where the rich could edit away disease and be perfect human specimens, while the rest of us are stuck in the bodies God gave us. After all, there's already technology that allows scientists to edit the human genome. It's called clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats, or CRISPR. Uh, no, I don't think it's so much Gattaca. But I, I think as we learn how, you know, for instance, how to do CRISPR mutagenesis and, and edit the genome, how scientists learn how to get the CRISPR system to a particular cell type. So, you know, if you have a, a disease of you know, the liver, for instance, you know, you don't necessarily have to get it everywhere in your entire body, but you have to make sure you get the CRISPR uh, editing machinery just to your liver cells. Um, so as we learn how to do that, uh, we'll be able to make changes. So I think it's not so much Gattaca, but we're, you know, we're just getting to a point where we can understand the, the genome more. I hope we never get to a Gattaca point of view where it's, it's used for bad things. Um, I think scientists in general, the don't have ill intent. This is Exit 43. My name is Jordan Fenster. If you have a story you'd like to tell or just need to reach out, please send me an email, jordan.fenster at hearstmediact.com. Thanks for listening.